This podcast is brought to you by Blackbee Ministries International. To find out more, visit blackbee.org. Well, welcome to another episode of the Richard Blackaby Leadership Podcast. To all of our quarantined listeners all around the world. <laughs> Wherever you're listening from, we hope that you are safe and uh, distantly uh, distancing yourself socially. And listening to each of, uh, each of you listening to this in isolation. <laughs> yes, yes. Far uh, at from. least six feet away from any other person. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a, unique, a unique time that we're living yeah. in. Um, and, uh, there's, uh, lots of change, lots of, uh, disruption to normal everyday life. And so we thought we'd take this opportunity to, uh, record a podcast, uh, that, that addresses, uh, some of what's going on, at least looking at, uh, at the principles of, of what's happening and, and how we can, uh, respond, yeah. uh, in a time of crisis. Uh, so with that, Richard, um, would you kind of walk us through some of your thoughts on, on just all the uh, craziness that's been going on and, and how we as Christians, as leaders, can uh, respond to that? Yeah. Well, uh, several things to say about that. One is every time there's been a crisis, I think it's um, important for Christians uh, to take some time to get alone with God and their Bible and prayer and say, God, what should I think about this? How should I respond to this? Um, that's one of the first, uh, instinctive things that, uh, I do. And it, I really learned that from my father. Mm-hmm. Uh, if at nine 11, when it happened, different major crises in the past, I always knew I'd find my dad uh, off by himself with his Bible, trying to get some kind of understanding or sense of what, what is God saying through this? Why God didn't necessarily cause it, but he certainly allowed it. And God also brings good out of every crisis. And so God will help me to understand what you're doing. So I think you have to do that. And, um, and so it's fine to find out what uh, the president's doing about this, what Congress is doing, what the local government and governor is doing. Uh, that's all fine to watch those news broadcasts and get a sense of what people are doing. Mm-hmm. But a Christian always wants to be aware, but what is God doing in this? And the fact is that uh, I think it's it's very important for leaders especially to always have a historical perspective on things. I, of course, uh, love history. I, yeah. I think it's still uh, important. A lot of people think history is in the past now, but... Wow. Um, but history teaches you how to respond in the present. Yeah. Uh, of course, uh, H- uh, Winston Churchill famously said that he wished that Hitler would read, uh, British history and he would know what his fate was. Hmm. And of course, what Churchill was saying is everybody, pretty well, everybody who's ever tried to invade England has failed at it. And, uh, it's never been, uh, successful except once or twice <laughs> in, uh, over a thousand years. And so odds are against uh, Hitler that he'll be successful as well. And of course he wasn't uh, successful. And, and so Churchill said, before we hit the panic button, let's stop and consider history. And yeah. so I think it's always important to have a biblical as well as a, a historical uh, perspective. And it's, and it's interesting to me, uh, again, I, you know, I should probably preface all this by saying I don't want to in any way minimize, uh, the coronavirus. Uh, it is a serious thing. 
Um, and so anything I say, I'm not trying to make it sound like I, I'm poo-pooing it or saying it's just, right. it's, it's nothing. But I would also say it's not the first virus that has hit America. In fact, uh, there's been many, uh, from bird flu, uh, Spanish flu, uh, uh, SARS, uh, so many different, um, uh, viruses. Many of them have come out of Asia, uh, and, uh, and, and thus far there's been, many of those have led to far more deaths and uh, even people being contaminated than this one. So there's been, that's just to say, this is not like, it's interesting how whenever something strikes, especially in America, we often talk about like, it's, it's the one of a kind, it's unique. It's never happened before. And certainly there may be unique uh, features to it. It may be more contagious than others, might be more lethal than others. But uh, the, the fundamental issue of a contagious virus that c- it can be fatal, uh, we've had a number of those. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, you want to always look at history to say, so what does history teach us? Uh, did, it, did any of these ever destroy America? Did any of these ever wipe out half the population of America. Um, I'm not saying that it might never happen, but I would say the first thing you look at history and realize, well, we got through every one of those. Uh, we eventually developed an immunization. We, we figured out how to treat it. We, mm-hmm. you know, we did whatever we needed to do. Uh, and so I'd always say begin with a historic perspective on what can we learn from the past? What can we do better this time? Uh, and uh, in, a, in a biblical perspective, but uh, and so when you when you look at things historically, you realize that uh, oftentimes God has done His greatest work during crises. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tend to want to avoid crises at, at uh, you know no matter what. Right. But the fact is that the church has grown some of the most uh, exponential growth in times of crisis. It's interesting to me, we, many people for many years felt like communism was one of the worst things to strike uh, the civilized world. Uh, and yet from about 1917 till the late 1980s, um, Christianity fundamentally shifted where it used to be that uh, two thirds of all Christians were in the West and one third in the East. After decades of communism and suppression of the church and persecution of Christians, two thirds of all Christianity was in the East and one third in the West. We, mm. So under persecution of Christianity, Christianity actually flourished and grew. Uh, and so oftentimes if you look at uh, history, it's in times of crisis that the church um, seizes uh, ground and demonstrates the difference that a belief in Christ can make. There's a famous, there's many different examples of that, but uh, there's a famous story in the fourth century where uh, the city of Caesarea was at that time one of the biggest cities in uh, the Roman Empire, uh, and a plague struck the city. Many people were dying, and of course, in that kind of pre-modern medicine era, there, there really was panic because no one knew what it was that was killing people, how right. it was spreading. They just knew it was uh, fatal. And so anyone with any money, any means whatsoever was uh, fleeing the city and just trying to get as far away as they could, hoping maybe in the country they'd be safer. Uh, But during that time, there was just one group that didn't flee, and that was uh, Christians. And people couldn't understand, well, why are you staying? Why are you not running for your lives? But uh, while others were running out of the city, Christians were running in, and they were helping the dying. They were burying the dead. 
they were bringing food and comfort to the hungry and the sick and the lonely and the uh, the frail and the vulnerable. Uh, it became obvious that uh, Christians just dealt with crises differently. Uh, everyone else is panicking. Christians are responding. Uh, everyone else is fearful and filled with dread. Christians have hope, have courage, have confidence. They know that God is with them. They know what happens to them if they do die. Um, and so they're giving their one life they have to the cause of Christ and to his glory. Uh, it was interesting because uh, there was a Roman emperor, Julian, who uh, bemoaned the fact that uh, uh, that the Christians always seemed to get all the good press whenever there was a crisis. And he, yeah. in fact, he, he complained. He said, everybody knows that uh, the pagan priests are, are going to be the first ones out of the city when there's a problem. Right. You're not going to get any help from them or their pagan followers. It, it's always the Christians, he said. And, and he, he didn't like that. He, he kept urging the pagan priests to act like Christian ministers and be brave and be caring. And ultimately, of course, after Julian, uh, this Christian movement that had just been kind of a fringe movement of basically poor people became uh, the leading official religion in all the Roman Empire. The Christians handled crises so well that uh, people turned to them in droves to say, well, I want to have that kind of confidence and courage and peace in my life, too. I want to be a part of a group of people that cares about others and not just themselves. So historically... Uh, what you you see is that every time there's a crisis, most the world sees a problem. The church sees a possibility. And so I would really urge Christians today to say, so what possibilities do you see uh, in the midst of what seems to be a terrible crisis? And hmm. of course, biblically, there's a great example too. When you think of the cross, uh, the crucifixion was the most despicable means of execution that the Romans used during their empire. It was terrifying. It was uh, horrifying to go th- to experience it or to, to even watch it. Uh, and yet it's interesting that when God chose a means for his own son to die for the sins of humanity, he basically embraced the most terrifying form of execution and death that was known to to, to people at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yet, of course, you look at Jesus' crucifixion that the world would say was such a horrible thing, and so many good things came from it that we can't even begin to list them all. Uh, right. Salvation for all humanity, the, the forgiveness of sins for every sin committed, you, you could potentially have forgiven because of what happened on that cross. You could be given eternal life. You could live forever in heaven with God see him face to face because of what happened on that cross, uh, healing personal and, and, uh, spiritual, uh, so many things, reconciliation with others, and with God, so many things all came out of what seemed like the worst thing possible. That's, that's how God does things. And, uh, first Corinthians chapter one, verse 25 says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Um, and so, I've just learned that whenever everyone else is saying this is horrible, it, it may be an awful thing. Yeah. And there certainly may be suffering. But God looks at that horrible thing and says, but what good could come? In fact, more good could come sometimes from those difficult times than uh, good can come from just normal times. Uh, so we'll, we'll take a break in a second. But let me just mention the first one, and that is, So what should Christians do in times of crisis? Uh, And the first one is watch for God's activity. 
watch to see uh, what God is doing. And there's just so many things that God does in times of crisis. Of course, in times of crisis, people start asking questions about life and death. They start wondering, well, if I were to get that, if I was to die, what would happen to me? Um, all of a sudden they start noticing, you know, all my party friends that I party with in the weekends, not one of them is called to check on me. No one's yeah. brought uh, food by or made sure I, they, you know, I was okay. I mean, they're fine to party with, but you know what? I, th- this church that I make fun of, like they're all caring for each other. Uh, they're all reaching out and, and, uh, making sacrifices to help one another. Maybe this church isn't so bad after all. You, you, it sometimes crises, can certainly expose you. I, and I, I just sense in this crisis, a lot of people are realizing how lonely and isolated they really are. Uh, mm. Nobody has checked. No one has called. Um, so what a great opportunity uh, if God suddenly gives you the opportunity to maybe check in on a neighbor that uh, you haven't really had the opportunity to talk with very much. They've, they've always kept to themselves, but uh, all of a sudden they, they need to talk with somebody about this too. And, and there you are. Or maybe at work, uh, or a colleague, um, you, you've tried to talk to them about spiritual things. They just always close that door. But, uh, but now they're chatterboxes. Now they, they really want to talk about some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, just so many, so many different, uh, opportunities now and doors opening, uh, that, and, and I, I'm finding even something as simple as, uh, church services that are being closed right now, all of a sudden, uh, you know, there's a lot of Christians who uh, have needed to know that the church is not a building, but we keep functioning that way. We keep thinking church happens on Sunday morning when I go yeah. to the building down mm. the street and all of a sudden we can't go to that building. Uh, we've got to be the church outside the building. We've got to gather some friends together and watch a live stream service in our living room or or we've got to email people or uh, we've got to just uh, talk to our neighbor standing out in the front yard uh, and all of a sudden we're realizing, well, the church is everywhere we go. Um, and, and there's churches that, uh, are all of a sudden realizing, you know what, we've neglected getting live stream servicing or uh, a website where we could post things and, and provide ministry to people abroad. And we're now all of a sudden we have to do that. And so yeah. I, I have a feeling when we get out of this, uh, this crisis period, a lot of churches are going to be far better equipped uh, and I think a lot of their people are going to maybe be far better connected with Absolutely. other individuals and, and realize, well, that's what God's been wanting all along. Yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. it takes a crisis before God finally gets us to the point of doing things we should have done a long time ago. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's take a quick break here and uh, we'll be right back. Living Out of the Overflow is a six-week online Bible study based on the popular book by Dr. Richard Blackaby. The online class is facilitated by the Blackaby team and features new teaching videos, an online discussion forum, and a live stream Q&A with Dr. Richard Blackaby. Register at blackaby.org slash online classes. Email online classes at blackaby.org to find out more about group rates and private classes for your church or small group. If you like what we're doing and would like to support our work, please consider making a donation. Even a little bit will go a long way toward keeping this podcast going for the months and years to come. To support this podcast, click on the link in the show notes. We are truly grateful for our wonderful community of listeners. You know, Richard, it is amazing how uh, crises in our life kind of reveal the areas or bring into sharp relief the areas that that have needed attention for a long time. But because things have been going so well, uh, you know, you just 
kind of gloss over those and, and you don't think about them. And like you said before the break, I, I, I do think that the church on the other side of this will realize it's far better connected now because of crisis uh, yeah. than perhaps it was uh, beforehand. Yeah. What, certainly if God can bring good out of the crucifixion of his son, then he can certainly bring good out of the coronavirus. Absolutely. So what are um, some other ways that Christians can respond uh, to crisis? Well, second one I would say is just make the best of changed routines. Uh, yeah. We've all had routines that have been impacted. Gyms are closing. You can't go and just work out in the gym. Church services are closed. Uh, our church right now is closed for eight weeks. Uh, so you can't just go to church on Sunday. Um, travel is being greatly curtailed. Uh, currently, as of the, right now, I've had 12 different speaking uh, engagements uh, in, that involve travel that uh, have all been canceled. And so basically, the, the next two months, I just kind of cleaned off most of my uh, tr- travel and uh and so all of a sudden you've got time on your hands. You now write that great book of yours. Yeah. And so, you know, <laughs> the one thing you could do is just say, well, what's been lost? What can't I do? Uh, I always do this and now I can't do that. But of course, great leaders, uh, the key to, to, to leadership is always focus. And uh, if you choose to focus on what you can't do, you, that's not going to do you any good. Right. Focus instead on, well, with all this time available, with this change in schedule, what can I do? Right. And, uh, and so, of course, for me, I, I, I travel and speak all the time. And uh, one of my greatest challenges is just having a fresh word to, to share to people. When you're constantly going from one venue to the next, one airport to the next, and yet when you get there and you get behind that podium, you want to have a powerful, fresh new word from God. Well, that takes time with God. And uh, all of a sudden, I've got a lot more time. And yeah. uh, so, uh, boy, I tell you what, all of a sudden you can have longer quiet times than you had before. You had longer prayer times. You can pull out Christian uh, classic books or leadership books that you've been wanting to read. And all of a sudden you've got some more time. You're yeah. working at home so you don't have to commute anymore. Um, you've got more time uh, to be maybe with family because you're stuck at home. The kids are home from school now. And uh, so I would ask myself, so what opportunities do I have now that I didn't have before? I, something as simple as, uh, last Sunday, uh, our church services were canceled and I realized, uh, we, I could watch services, uh, live stream, but uh, my parents wouldn't know how to get, pull yeah. that up on their computer. So, so I just uh, drove over to their house, which is just like two blocks away and uh, pulled up the live stream on their uh, their computer mon- monitor, and uh, we had breakfast and just watched the service together. Well, they normally go to the 8 o'clock service at our church, and uh, I've never, and certainly my wife's never seen an 8 o'clock in the morning service that uh, she liked, and so uh, we just don't see, we just don't sit in church that often with my parents. Uh, but uh, all of a sudden, because of this change routine, we were doing that. And uh, so I... If you stop and just uh, brainstorm and think, what are things now I can do because I have this time given back to me and these people are more uh, available to me than they were before and uh, and realizing our, our routines are going to get back, uh, uh, you know, again, eventually here. And so this is just temporary. And so in this temporary time, what can I do? I Again, I travel all the time. One of the banes of my existence is just trying to stay in shape, trying to eat right when I'm yeah. running between airports and the easiest thing to grab uh, after 
traveling all day is that cheeseburger and fries and uh, the easiest thing uh, is rarely the best and, thing and so all of a sudden i'm home now uh, i can go running uh, every morning around my neighborhood i can uh, my wife and i've got uh, organic healthy food and, and uh, ingredients uh, to make meals i'm thinking uh, a, a month or two of this quarantine i'll be healthier than i've been in a long time yeah and so to say, uh, well, this is bad. Uh, it, there's lots that is negative. Uh, I, I could give you a list of things that are going to hurt our ministry sure. financially in other ways. Uh, but it's not all bad. And so I'm going to focus on the new opportunities I have mm. uh, because of the disruption to my normal schedule. The last thing I would just say is that crises also reveal your spiritual vital signs. Uh now, it's easy to say, I trust God, but when all of a sudden you're in danger of catching a serious virus, or all of a sudden business uh, uh, deals are falling through because people don't have the money right now and they you can't meet and you can't uh, travel, uh, well, if you really trust God, we'll see now uh, under the strain, uh, are you going to start worrying and fretting? Are you going to become angry and irritable? Or are you going to have the same joy in the Lord that you had when everything was going well? I've had uh, heart tests before. And uh, when they want to test the strength of your heart, they don't wait until you're sleeping at night in uh, bed and then quickly put a monitor on you and to see how your heart's doing. Uh, They put you on a treadmill and uh, they speed it up and they incline it and they add stress. Uh, that's what they want to know. That's how they test your heart. Yeah. Uh, and for a lot of us as Christians, uh, we can we can talk Christian talk, and we can uh, we can pull out the cliches and the fake pious smile. But uh, when all of a sudden our world is turned upside down, and uh, all kinds of changes are taking place and uncertainties, uh, if we're wringing our hands and worrying and fretting, if we're getting irritable with our kids and our spouse and uh, with people we have to do business with. Well, that ought to tell us something uh, about uh, if, if all we do is just sit nervously hour after hour watching uh, television newscasts, uh, but we don't take time to read our Bible and pray. Um, if we just worry about ourselves and every little sign that maybe we've contracted a serious virus, yeah. but we don't think to check on any elderly people in our neighborhood or yeah. in our church to see how they're doing. Uh, there's lots of ways where a crisis like this really reveals uh, uh, what our heart really is like. And I'll tell you, I've been impressed already with some of the folks uh, who have been very creative about finding ways uh, to make a positive difference. Uh, I always knew they were great people, but now all of a sudden they're finding ways to minister to the medical profession, helping watch their kids uh, so they can go to the hospital and have their kids cared for uh, or you know, doing whatever they can. Uh, just to be a positive influence. And th- and so you're thinking, well, when uh, crisis came, so many people immediately hoarded toilet paper and hand sanitizer and all yeah. they cared about was themselves. Uh, other people are, are checking on all the elderly in the area and, yeah. uh, and doing things to make a positive difference. And so I think uh, we just need to understand that this crisis is in one sense a test from heaven to say, well, you think that you're a strong Christian, you think that you're a, a upbeat, trusting person of God, but 
but let's see. Let's let's put you on the spiritual stress test and uh, check out your walk with God. Mm. And so take a good look. Stop and reflect on how you've been behaving and ask yourself, am I passing that stress test or am I failing it? Maybe that's a wake-up call for me to say, I, I Lord, I don't like how I'm handling this. Um, and so, God, I need to make some adjustments. And thank you for letting me go through this stressful time because... It's been a wake-up call, and I now know I, I really need to make some changes. Hmm. Well, it's a good word for uh, this time uh, that we're all living in right now. Yeah. And uh, so I appreciate you walking us through that. And uh, just a word to our listeners, uh, stay safe out there. Yeah. And uh, uh, just look to see where God's at work and, and join Him there. And, and there's going to, I suspect, we'll hear... A lot of interesting stories of, of how things uh, worked out for people and uh, new opportunities to serve others. And uh, until next week. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If this is something you enjoyed, it really makes a difference if you leave a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends. We always love hearing from our listeners. So email us at podcast at blackv.org.